You are listening to Keystone Stock Talk Podcast, episode 65. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for stopping by. This podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at www.keystocks.com. Come back often, and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or on iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at Keystocks and on Facebook or via our 24-hour streaming radio station, pennystocks.fm. And keep submitting your stocks via the usual social channels or at our website, keystocks.com, for our Your Stock Our Take segment. And we just might review your stock in an upcoming show and let you know if it is a buy, sell, or hold. We have a special edition for you this week. We feature an interview with Aaron Dunn, Keystone's VP and Senior Income and U.S. Analyst. Aaron discusses Keystone's small cap, dividend growth, and U.S. equity strategies. He highlights six buy recommendations from our current coverage and takes a few viewer questions. Aaron also gives his brief take on the Canadian cannabis industry and the potential for an oversupply situation. Stocks discussed include Brookfield Infrastructure Partners, BIP.UN on the TSX, Boyd Group Income Fund, BYD.UN on the TSX, GoEasy, symbol GSY on the TSX, EPAM Systems, EPAM on the NASDAQ, Zynex Inc., ZYXI on the NASDAQ, Microsoft Corporation, MSFT on the NASDAQ, and Parkland Fuel Corporation, PKI on the TSX. Aaron answers viewer questions on Everett's Technologies Limited, ET on the TSX, Expel Technologies, DAP.U on the TSX Venture, and Viamed Healthcare, Inc., VMD on the TSX. Welcome to this live edition of Capital Ideas TV. Our guest is Aaron Dunn, Senior Analyst at Keystone Financial. We'll get to him in just a moment. Before we get started, if you are not already subscribed to our YouTube channel, we'd like to ask you to click the subscribe button, share today's show with anyone you think might be interested, and make sure you like this live stream by pressing the thumbs up icon. Uh, All of this helps us continue to produce these shows for you. If you have a question for Aaron, uh, write it in the chat section on the right side of your screen. Now, Keystone Financial is an independent stock research advisory for do-it-yourself investors. Aaron and his colleague Ryan Irvine regularly analyze thousands of companies to come up with the best underfollowed, profitable companies that offer growth at a reasonable price. Now, Keystone's track record is impressive to say the least. We're going to have a look at it here. Their income stock hybrid portfolio since 2011 is up by nearly 16%. Over that time, the TSX higher by 4.3%. Its Canadian small cap growth portfolio since 1998 on an average basis annually, higher by more than 36%. You can't argue with that. And its U.S. growth stock research portfolio, which it started in 2015, higher by 19.4% 
on an annual basis since uh, 2016 being the first full year. Now, Keystone and Capital Ideas are also pleased to announce some special offers to Keystone Services. We'll bring you those later on in the show. First up, let's get a look at Aaron Dunn's bio board. He's senior analyst at Keystone Financial. He's got his CFA designation. From an educational standpoint, Aaron attended Royal Roads University and the BC Institute of Technology, and he blogs regularly at Superhuman Investing. He is very interested in technology and has lots of information and opinion on that. And here he is. Hello, sir. Hello. Very nice to see you. Well, glad to be here. You're fresh in from a seminar in Kitchener? Yes, this is the fourth week of doing seminars across the country, so we're going to do another one tonight. We're doing another one in Oakville tomorrow, and then we're, we're finished for a couple of months, so I think I'll take a vacation. Well-deserved. Well lots deserved. of fun, though. Lots of fun. We always enjoy it. Yeah, for sure. Now, we've had Ryan in here before, as you know, uh, your colleague Ryan Irvine, and, and one thing... Uh, I, I'm always interested in, and I always ask, is that, is that how the heck do you review something like 35,000 companies uh, every year, which you do? And, and Ryan says it's a multi-month process to narrow it down to the stocks that you want to recommend for your, for your subscribers. How do you actually do that? Well, we love what we do, and we, you know, we don't have lives, really, obviously, outside <laughs> of doing research. But uh, you know, we, just, we, we have a certain criteria. And um, we go through these companies, and if they don't hit that criteria, then we just move on to the next company. So for a lot of businesses, you can really get through uh, quite a few of them quickly. So for example, if the company is not generating profitability, we don't even go to the next stage. We're not interested in speculating on what the company may be able to do in a couple of years. We want to see a company that has a good track record of um, producing profits, producing growth, and it's operating in a, in a business where we see that growth as being sustainable. Um, a lot of companies can produce a good year of profitability and then the next year it drops off and that's not the type of business that we're looking for. We want to understand the business model and we want to see a business model that is uh, viable um, several years into the future. So it really just takes a lot of time. Uh, Warren Buffett, there's a, a story that Warren Buffett uh, once uh, talked about where a young money manager came to him and said, uh, Warren, I want to be a great investor like you. What do I do? And Warren, sa Warren said, you need to learn a little bit about every single company that trades on the stock market. And the money manager replied, he, he said, Warren, but there, there's, there's over 10,000 companies that I need to look at. And Warren said, start with the A's. So that's what we do. We just we start with the A's and we go through everything. And, and after doing this for 15 years, you, you tend to learn a lot about the companies that are out there and, and, and what to look for. Okay, we're getting a bit of flavor as to what Keystone Financial is all about. Can you give us a... Uh, uh, sort of flesh out to more of an overview of, uh, of Keystone Financial and what you offer to investors? Sure, absolutely. So what, what we are is we're individual stock pickers. So we, we do the research, we find individual companies that we believe provide great value to investors and then we recommend those stocks to our clients. And we do this in three specific areas. So the longest standing research service is our small cap research that goes back to 1998. So these are smaller unknown companies um, but highly profitable, growing, good solid businesses that can be acquired at an attractive price. And really often what we're looking for in this market are companies that um, the rest of the market is not well accustomed with, that they don't know much about. Um, so we, we find these companies, these underfollowed businesses, recommend them. Um, roughly around the time of the financial crisis, we saw an opportunity to start getting into dividend growth stocks as well. So we started our income research service, uh, essentially looking at every dividend paying stock in Canada, um, making recommendations um, that are divided into three different risk categories. So conservative stocks, these are large cap, more stable businesses, um, all the way down to small cap 
dividend growth stocks. And if you look at the data on, on dividend investing, we really discovered that you absolutely have to, to be successful, to have a good, solid portfolio, robust portfolio, you need to have some exposure to dividend producing companies. Um, the, the data is, 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 I mean, it's absolutely convincing. These companies outperform over time. So we thought this was a great area um, to, to explore for our clients and, and we started doing that uh, in 2009 is when we came up with that service. And then more recently in 2015, we started looking down to the US and then once again, we, we based this decision on the data. Canadians really have to look outside of their, of, of their home country if they want to have a diversified portfolio. We're just, we're so overly exposed here into two sectors which, which are financials and resources. And, if you look at financials, over half of that is just the big six Canadian banks. If you look at resources, uh, the, that's you know mining, oil and gas, highly cyclical commodity dependent businesses, and not companies that we see as long-term investments. But then you look at technology, that's only about 5% of the Canadian stock market. So there's just far greater breadth and diversity of opportunities in the US. So we started exploring down in that area in 2015 uh, with our US growth stock service. And, and that's, that's, we've, we found some amazing companies that just absolutely don't exist up here in Canada. Now, Aaron uh, Dunn, a senior analyst with Keystone Financial, has six top picks for you today. And uh, each of these are in those categories. It's either growth, it's dividend, it's U.S., maybe a combination of the two. All right, so um, you, you touched on some of those uh, areas there in terms of the criteria that you're looking for. It seems like you've got maybe, say, seven pillars. You don't have to go through them all, but I notice on your website there are absolute keys that you have to see uh, in a company before you, uh, before you buy it. And, and if, it's not, if they're not there, then it could be a red flag and you're, you're gone. So, uh, so expand on that. So, so absolutely. So the first thing that we look at when we're, when, when we're analyzing a company is really simple. Is it, is it even generating any revenue? And that might seem like a, like a simple criteria, but the fact of the matter is a very high percentage of the companies in Canada, publicly traded companies, don't even generate um, a dime of revenue or, or what we would consider meaningful revenue. So we look at that revenue line. If there's nothing there, no point in doing any more research. Um, past that, we look at profitability. So we believe the purpose, of course, of a business is to generate a profit. And if a company is not generating a profit, or we don't see a very quick pathway to profitability over the next year, uh, then we, we, we see far too much risk in, in that company. So revenue, profitability. Beyond that, we're looking for growth. So it's really growth in earnings per share that we believe uh, is going to drive the, the long-term share price performance of a company. So we want to see that a company has been growing their revenues, growing their earnings per share. We want to see that a company is uh, well capitalized so it doesn't have too much debt on its balance sheet. We really love companies that have net cash positions, so more cash than they have debt because this puts them in a great position to uh, withstand any type of adverse conditions in the economy um, and also buy other businesses. Um, or, or invest in their own business. So strong balance sheet is, is an absolute must for us. Um, if there is some debt, then it has to be, then it has to be a, a, a manageable amount. And then beyond that, it's really about understanding the business model, understanding the market that, that the company is operating in, and just making an assessment as to whether or not the growth is, is sustainable. Like, is this company going to remain profitable um, going into the future? Are they going to be able to continue to grow? Because the past performance is not necessarily indicative of the future performance. And that's something that we were, were very focused on, is just understanding how does this business make money? Um, what are the long-term growth drivers in the market they operate in? 
what does the competition look like? And just trying to get a sense of, of the, the visibility of financial performance going several years into the future. And what we really like to see are businesses that have some type of a catalyst uh, for growth. So something that we can visibly see. And there's a couple companies that I'm going to talk about later today and I'll, I'll, I'll dive into what those catalysts are or what they were and why we recommended them. But it's, it's really about having some type of visibility. You don't just want to make a guess. You want to understand um, what, what, the, what the drivers are in that company's business. And, All right. Uh, yes, sir. Go ahead. Yeah, well, just, I, was, I was finished. But just understanding the business and understanding that it's going to continue to grow. Okay, Aaron, that's yeah. a nice segue into uh, some of your top picks. We'll kick it off here with uh, Brookfield Infrastructure. This is on the TSX, BIP.UN. The Brookfield name, very well known, very mm-hmm. well respected. So this is a bit of a larger cap than some of the stocks you're known for and obviously has a yield. So, so why does uh, Brookfield Infrastructure stand out here and how much is uh, a management a, a key here? Because you always hear about how strong the management is at, at Brookfield in general. Certainly. So Brookfield is a long-standing recommendation in our dividend, uh, our, our income uh, growth stock research. So we or- originally recommended the company in 2011. And what we like about it, it's a very diversified, very defensive business. So they're a global infrastructure company. Um, they own assets all over the world. So these are low, lo- low volatility, long-life assets. Most of the revenue is contracted um, or regulated. So they have great visibility in terms of what their, their revenue and cash flow generation is going to be. Also very well situated in the event that we enter into a recession. Um, they're not going to they're not going to have a lot of volatility in their financial performance. But beyond being a, a great defensive company, it's also been a great growth stock. So consistent growth um, over the time that we recommended them in, uh, in cash flow per unit, um, in low double digits, about 11, 12 percent growth on average over that period of time. They pay a really nice yield, about 4.5 percent right now. And they grow that yield every year at about, at about 11%, 12% as well. So we like the business. We, we like to find businesses that have, as I said before, that great track record. We've seen them grow in the past. We've seen management in action. And they've really provided amazing value for shareholders. What, what really impresses me about Brookfield is over the eight years that we recommended them, we, we initiated our coverage at a price of $14.41 per unit. They have paid out over that period of time over $11 US in income distributions to, to, their, to their investors. So that is a huge flow of income that, is, that has gone right into investors' pockets, almost equaling our, our original purchase price on, on a pre-tax basis. I mean, you, you, you look at a company that is far less risky than the market average, but is returning uh, a far greater, generating a far greater return than the market. And I'm not something that you need to, need to pay attention to. But looking forward, we, we, still see, we still see great growth from the company long term. So over the last year, their, their cash flow is actually flat from, from 2017 to 2018. One of the reasons for that is that they, they sold several of their assets, some of their more mature assets, in order to reinvest in higher growth assets. So we expect growth to start picking up again uh, in the latter half of this year. Um, Q4 of last year was reasonably strong. They just put out the first quarter. There was some growth uh, there as well, single-digit growth. But we're looking at, at, at double-digit growth returning in the second half of this year. And it's just, it's just a great, robust business that also provides uh, growth to your portfolio. All right, very good. Brookfield Infrastructure, a top pick of Aaron Dunn. TSX, uh, BIP.UN is the ticker on that one. Let's move along to another one here. And this goes to a point that you made earlier that past performance is not necessarily indicative of future performance, although with Boyd, it usually is. Uh, Boyd Group Income Fund uh, on the TSX, 
BYD.UN is the ticker. Now, the story here, uh, and you can tell it better, but that uh, Keystone's been recommending this for years, and uh, it's up something like more than 4,500% since then. And I know that you've had uh, clients come to you or members, uh, subscribers. I mean, look at that chart. Unbelievable, because yeah, we purposely built a, a longer-term chart here to, to show you how well uh, Boyd has done. But I understand you've had clients come to you who say, well, why are you, why are you recommending this at, uh, at 20 when it's already doubled? Why 40 or why 60 when it's already doubled and tripled? And, and basically, you do your research and you, and, and you look at Boyd, and they're continuing to execute, and so you're going to continue to recommend it. So uh, tell us about uh, Boyd. Give us an update now. Yeah, so I'll just, just, just to answer your question about why would you recommend a company that's gone up so much. Well, the fact that it's gone up so much is really a good indication that they've been great executors. And whenever you, you look at a company, whether you're looking at it for the first time or, or whether you've been, been covering the company for 10 years, you really need to try and look at it with fresh eyes. So regardless of what it's done in the past, you need to look at it from the perspective of what would I think about this company if I were to discover it for the first time today? So looking at Boyd right now, I mean, it's been an absolutely amazing story. We recommended it shortly after the financial crisis um, because we saw it as a recession-resistant business. So there is nothing exciting about uh, auto body and glass repair, but what we found exciting about it was that the company was generating lots of cash flow, they were growing the revenue, and 90% um, of the payments that they receive from their clients are from insurance companies. So when you, um, when you get a dent on your car or a rock hits your windshield, it doesn't matter if it's a recession or not, it's insured anyways, you bring it to a company like Boyd, they repair it, they make money. Um, so they are a, they're a huge consolidator of the auto body and glass repair business across North America. They have about 611 shops right now and that just continues to grow, grow and grow. There is a, there is a, a market of 32,000 shops throughout North America and with 600 shops, Boyd is one of the largest players. So that just gives you a sense for how fragmented this business is. Um, they estimate that it's worth about 40 billion US. Um, in the United States. So they're continuing to grow. There's lots of space for them to grow. The financial performance continues to be amazingly strong. Their, their adjusted free cash flow for last year was about 778. It was up 56% from the year before. So amazing growth, um, about 20% growth in revenues uh, in, the, in the last year. And they're gonna be coming up their, with their first quarter shortly. We're expecting that growth to continue. So as long as they keep executing on their strategy, which is to consolidate the, their industry, and, they, and the success of that strategy is evident in the financial performance of the business, then it's something that interests us. And then the final ingredient, of course, is valuation. It's great, it's, it's easy to find a great business, um, but where the art of financial analysis comes into play is not overpaying for that business. So we, we, we're, looking for, we're looking to buy companies at a reasonable price. And Boyd right now trades for about 20 times adjusted free cash flow, uh, about 35 times earnings. So this is not a cheap valuation, but relative to the growth that the company is generating and, and the market that they're consolidating, we still find it reasonable. And that's why we, we continue to recommend it, even though it has it, it it gone up, uh, I mean, 50% over the last year or more. All right, very good, Boyd. Group Income Fund, uh, number two top pick from Aaron Dunn, senior analyst at Keystone Financial, uh, a real winner uh, for Keystone and their subscribers over the years. Now, we're going to get back to Aaron in just a moment. Uh, he'll take some of your questions. Uh, we're monitoring the chat here. We've got Tim Tidwell with a question, Dean A, uh, and others. Uh, we appreciate that. We'll get to some of those in just a while, and we're going to see if uh, Aaron can uh, talk about them. 
Now, if you're just joining us, remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel. And if you're already a subscriber, make sure you have the notification bell turned on so you can be the first to know about new videos and live events. Now, I mentioned a special offer from uh, Keystone. What you have to do is go to keystocks.com and register, and you'll get a discount on Keystone services, plus their 2019 Canadian Dividend Growth Stock Report completely free. That's got a value of $599. A lot of work has gone into that. Um, basically, Aaron and Ryan have analyzed about 450 dividend payers on the TSX. They've narrowed it down to the top 30, so you get those, and then they drill even deeper and provide you with the best three to six dividend stocks to buy right now. Now, last week we had Bruce Campbell on the show. He's the founder of Stonecastle Investment Management. Uh, he had five top picks for you, and one of them is Name Silo Technologies. We thought this would be interesting to revisit because it's uh, a uh, interesting name that uh, you may not have heard of. I certainly hadn't. So here's what he had to say about Name Silo Technologies. So it's a fairly, uh, fairly new company to us. And, um, and, you know, when we met with management, uh, we didn't know too much about it as well. But when you take a look at, you know, Two Cows or GoDaddy as examples, those have been, you know, fairly steady cash flow machines. You know, people always joke about Two Cows being, you know, one of their cash cows being the, the domain registry business because it just, you know, continues to kick off uh, cash flow. Most people, when they register a domain, um, you know, aren't aren't canceling it or switching it very often. And so, if you can get get those clients signed up, then you know, just reoccurring revenue. Um, Name Silo has been doing so uh, very much from an organic standpoint and doing it without a lot of uh, advertising. Quite often, there the acquisition cost per customer is is extremely high in this business. You know, if you watch you know TV, you're you're, you're constantly seeing GoDaddy advertising on TV to try to get those customers, that's very expensive. It usually, you know, costs more in the first year than they actually receive in revenue. In Name Silo's case, they haven't been uh, actually advertising, but they've been, you know, still continue to grow. Their their compounded um, growth rate is, is around 70% per year over the last uh, five years. And we think that that's going to continue. They've just recently announced that they're going to be actually going into some of the ancillary businesses as well. So to actually uh, host the website, and also to provide email. And of course, this would be you know, fairly simple for most of the people who take on new websites to, to just have them do it immediately for them. So that's ever, extra revenue for them. Again, they probably won't have to pay a whole lot to, to acquire that, uh, that revenue. And it uh, basically will drop right to the bottom line. I mean, there'll obviously be some costs associated with, but it won't be, uh, won't be certainly that, that expensive. So it's one that is small right now, but is really flying under the radar. And we think that, you know, over the next few years, if they continue to grow the way they have, it, it probably doesn't last. Uh, chances are it gets taken out at some point in time because, you know, if you look at GoDaddy, they were bought by by private equity just because they recognized the the sheer magnitude of the cash flow that that's kicked off there. And then if you look at Two Cows, I mean, they obviously have other businesses beyond um, beyond just the domain registry, but it's it's been a great performer as well over the years. We are back with Aaron Dunn, Senior Analyst at Keystone Financial. He's got some more top picks for you, and he's uh, taking questions as well. Now, if you're enjoying this show, make sure to click the thumbs up button below. We would uh, appreciate that. So we want to start with uh, a company that we were just talking about off-air briefly that I remember. Uh, I've never owned it, never really followed it that closely, but I know that their technology was used by, uh, by BNN Bloomberg when I, I worked, the, uh, worked there uh, back in the day. So... 
remind us uh, what they do. We've got a question here on, on Everts, uh, which I believe came through, uh, actually came through our, uh, our YouTube channel. So um, Everts Tech Technologies, uh, television equipment essentially. So yeah, essentially telecommunications like it? equipment. Uh, it's, it's a company we've been following for a while. There, there are some things I like about it. It's, it's not a recommendation to our clients. I, I myself consider it more of a hold right now, maybe a longer term buy. So a few things that I like about the company. One, it is a highly profitable business, uh, stable business, absolutely. It, it, it is operating in a market where there are some good long-term growth drivers. Um, net cash, it has a nice net cash balance, which we also love to see. I believe that net cash is, is about 20% of the market cap, so fairly significant there. But the, the one thing that we has, has made us shy away, I've, I've spoken with management a couple times, we've been close to a recommendation, um, but the one thing that is, has made me shy away from the company is they just haven't been able to generate um, consistent uh, quarterly growth in, in earnings per share over time. So as I said, earnings have been fairly stable um, over the past several years, but just not really a lot of growth. Sometimes you'll see a quarter or two um, where growth will tick up. Um, but then you can see a quarter or two after that will, where growth will, will decline. So it's really, it's a very contract-oriented business. And um, if they have, if they execute on a few contracts in a particular quarter, then that'll be a better quarter. But we tend to like companies where we just have better vis visibility um, and uh, just a, a smoother, smoother uptrend of, of growth over time. So it's, it's not a buy for us, but certainly it's, it's a great business. And I know the last couple of quarters have been, have been strong, so something we would, uh, we would look at again over, over time. Uh, is it a lumpy business, or is it is, is the type of business that's consistent? There are always television companies looking for new equipment. Uh, lumpy in terms of growth, not lumpy in terms of profitability. The profitability is actually very consistent. Yeah, but in, in terms of, of, of growth, um, the growth can, can, can change from quarter to quarter. We're looking at Everts here over the course of the last year, starting at around 1750 about a year ago, right around there. It's essentially flat over that time uh, and mostly down during that, uh, during that period. So that's uh, Aaron's take on the Everts Technologies. Thanks for that. We're going to move ahead to another question here, and this came from Tim Tidwell on GoEasy. Now, we spoke to the uh, CEO here more than a year ago. Mr. Uh, Mr. Ingram, Ingram or Graham? Ingram, I think. David Ingram. Ingram. David Ingram. And he, I have to say, he was one of the more impressive guests in terms of CEOs coming in here. He just, if you go to, uh, you know, a casting call, he's the guy you would cast as a CEO. He just, he just uh, sort of exudes CEO. I was impressed by him. So tell us about to go easy, the alternative lender. What do you think of them? Uh, it's actually a business that, that, that I've come to like recently. I've, I've followed this company for a while. I've, I've not recommended them in the past because uh, I've, been a little bit worried about their business. So essentially, the the, the main component of their business uh, is subprime consumer loans. So these are non-collateralized loans, basically to, to subprime high-risk um, uh, borrowers. They they essentially uh, loan money to, to people at about a rate of about 40, 43 percent on average. So you think you think of who's willing to pay a rate like that, and it it, it just made me a little. Little cautious about recommending the company, but you know, I, I, I've looked at their, their long-term track record. Um, the CEO is great. I mean, they do a great job on the conference calls, uh, communicating their story and, and, and some of the risks and, and the growth. But it has just been an absolutely great growth story over the past several years. And even when the market, um, even when the economy started to decline in, in Alberta. Uh, with the oil patch declines there, um, they were still they were still unfazed by that. They continue to do well in in their markets. So it's it's a type of business that um, I think is higher risk, absolutely. But you know, looking at the company's growth profile, looking at their valuation, trading about um, 
I think about nine times, eight times expected earnings over the next year. I, I think it's quite a good business. So, so we've, we've opened up coverage on it to our clients. I told my clients, you know, start off with a half position, see how things go. But it's, uh, you, you, can't, you can't really argue with the track record that these guys have demonstrated. So, so I, I like it. All right, very good. That's uh, go easy. And uh, we were looking at a one year. You don't necessarily see the growth in that uh, one year chart, but certainly going back uh, five years and, and longer, uh, it has done very well. Now, we, we do have questions on uh, Zynex. Uh, and I can tell you, uh, Dean A, that uh, we'll have Aaron talking about Zynex later on in the show. Uh, also, Viamed is coming in terms of an answer from Aaron. Uh, N-Wave, he cannot talk about. Uh, thanks for your question, Walt, Walter uh, Leipzig. Uh, and Acuity Ads, uh, he cannot talk about, but thanks for that, uh, Ray YouTube. Now, let's uh, get to another one here from Tim, and he wants to know about EPAM on the NASDAQ. Uh, what, what's the full name of that company? EPAM Systems. It is, it's called yeah, EPAM, EPAM okay. Systems. Right. Yeah. So EPAM's the ticker trades on the NASDAQ. Uh, so this is, this is a fantastic company, actually. We, uh, we don't have a buy recommendation on it right now. We did have a buy recommendation on it um, last year recommended at about $120 a share. I think it's upwards at about 180 right now or 175. So essentially what this is, this is a software engineering company. So this is the, this is the type of company that helps large-scale enterprises modernize and digitalize their operations. So if you're a, if you're, if you're a, a, a manufacturing company, global manufacturing company, you want to investigate how automation can improve your business or you want to implement uh, your company that wants to implement a blockchain, a private blockchain into your business to become more profitable, um, artificial intelligence, machine learning. These, these are the people with the expertise to help you do that. So I've always said, um, when you're looking at some of these key technology trends like AI, machine learning, blockchain, you know, it's, it's not the companies that call themselves an AI company that are necessarily the places that you want to invest. It's companies like EPAM that are real businesses with the experts that are helping other businesses implement these technologies so that their, their customers can be more profitable and more efficient and, and more competitive. So we like the company. Um, the only complaint I have about it, I mean, it's, 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 it's generated absolutely fantastic growth. Um, they're estimating, I believe, uh, about 15% growth going into next year. Um, they trade right now at about 35 times uh, adjusted earnings, 40 times adjusted earnings. So the valuation has, has, has become more expensive, I'd say, over the last six, six months or so. Uh, long term, I think it's a great stock. I don't think it's, it's, it's a screaming buy at this point in time just due to valuation. But if you don't mind paying a, a premium valuation, a little higher of a valuation, then, um, then it could be something that you would, you'd, you'd get into maybe on a five-year time horizon. I would just say just talking about valuation and how we look at it. Um, when we recommended the company, it was growing at a higher rate, about you know, 25%, 30%. They always seem to under-promise and over-deliver. So when they're saying 15% earnings growth next year, I mean, a company like EPAM could potentially double that, in which case a 35 times multiple is, is not unreasonable at all. But just looking at 15% growth, you know, 30, 40 times earnings, it's not bad. It's not completely unreasonable. Um, we, would, we would potentially look at it closer again on, a, on a, say, a 10, 50% pullback. Okay, uh, just quickly here, Tim Tidwell, who asked that question on e EPAM, uh, more specifically, he said he bought it on your recommendation. It's up about 50% since then, so uh, hold on to it here? Oh, yeah, I would yeah. hold on to it. Yeah, okay. no, we wouldn't be in a, in a hurry to sell it at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's probably at this point, it's, it's closer to a buy than it would be to a sell. All right. Yeah. Now, back to top picks here. How about Zynex Medical? We did get a question here uh, in the chat about Zynex Medical on the NASDAQ. This is ZYXI. 
electrotherapy devices is what they specialize in. So how did you find this one and tell us about Zynex? So yeah, this is a great example um, of an underfollowed company from our U.S. growth stock research. Uh, it's, it's performed fantastic. So we found this company when it was trading on the OTC bulletin boards, largely unknown, one of the few profitable growing businesses um, that traded on the OTC at the time. And a lot of a lot of professional money managers will stay away from the OTC because uh, there's, there's, there's lower disclosure requirements, so there's a higher level of a risk. But we did our due diligence. Um, we liked the business. We liked the financial performance. Had net cash on, cash on the balance sheet. So we recommended them. And earlier this year, they, they upgraded to the NASDAQ. And that's really what we want to see for these profitable businesses on the OTC is an upgrade to the NASDAQ. And um, I wanted to recommend this. Uh, as a current buy on on the show today, but it's actually popped up about thirty plus percent. Yeah, just, we're looking at that. They just had earnings, right? They just had earnings. Yeah, yeah, yeah about a week ago, and mm -hmm. and the earnings uh, exceeded expectations. Um, now that they're on the Nasdaq, they have much much greater visibility uh, surrounding the business. So it's it's definitely a solid company. We'd look probably for you know a 10, 15% pullback in the share price, but we're not at all in a hurry to sell it, sell, sell it right now because they're continuing to grow. Uh, they, they once again they have a great balance sheet and they traded about you know 23, 24 times trailing earnings, which given the growth rate isn't that bad, but it is still a smaller cap company and they're building visibility uh, in the market right now. So we're just being you know we've already got our clients in, so we're just being we're just being cautious, we're being patient. Um, what they do is like as you said, they're they're a medical devices company, um, electrotherapy products, and that's for chronic pain management. So this is this is essentially a substitute um, for for um, pain drugs that are highly addictive. And if you think about the opioid crisis right. and, and all the problems that that creates, a company like Zynex definitely has a future. And this isn't the type of, of pain management product that you would buy in an infomercial. This is these are actually doctor prescribed products. So it's 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 very legitimate tested product and um, successful. They're gaining market share and they're doing very well. And a great looking stock chart, as you saw there on the Zynex Medical. But uh, as Aaron said, uh, he'd like to see a 10 to 15 percent pullback before he recommends uh, the stock again in terms of buying it. Now, here's a top pick that's interesting. One of the biggest companies in the world, Microsoft on the NASDAQ, MSFT. You probably know that. Now, uh, what's interesting here is that when Steve Ballmer was running it, it just kind of fumbled around as a business and, and the stock just went sideways. Satya Nadella comes in, institutes this plan, decides to go deeper into cloud and do all sorts of other things. Stock's done tremendously well. So what, what are you seeing in Microsoft that you find it appealing? You, you basically said it. I mean, one of the main things that attracted us to Microsoft was that they're, they're killing it in the cloud computing space. They, they have the second largest market share in the cloud computing space after Amazon, um, but they're growing market share at a far faster rate than any of their competitors. So I've personally used their Azure um, cloud platform. I've used Amazon's AWS platform. Um, I like Microsoft. I, I like their, their Azure platform. It's much more user friendly, so I can see why it's gaining market share. But really, it's just, it's, it's, uh, some people refer to it as the evil empire. Um, I, I just think it's a great business. I, they, they're mostly known for their, for their office products and their, their windows. Um, and that's kind of why the, the company stagnated for a while because there wasn't really a lot of innovation. But they're really innovating now and they're, and they're changing the way they do business. And they're in a lot of different areas that people don't really associate them with. So, for example, they own LinkedIn, the, the largest social media platform for, for professionals. Um, they, they own Xbox, which is the, um, the, the second largest uh, market share gaming platform in the world. 
Um, they sure. Can I stop you there? Yeah. Has LinkedIn been successful for them, and do they break those numbers out in their earnings? They or? do not break that out specifically. No, but um, when you look at a company like Microsoft, they're in so many different places. Um, certain aspects of their business will support other aspects of their business, and a lot of time it basically comes down to to data as well in terms of how they can use the data to to, to support other areas. Um, other other areas of their business, but they're just they're they're in a lot of different spaces right now. Um, another thing that I like is that they are changing. They've changed the the way they sell their their software from just a one off licensing sale to a recurring revenue model. So in the past, you would buy, for example, Office twenty fourteen. You'd wait you know two three four years, and then you would you'd give them more money and you'd buy another another version. Um, now they have their Office three sixty five. So they're they're essentially renting their software out. That's a recurring revenue model that we like to see. Uh, cloud is also recurring revenue for them as well. We love to see that. Um, just in a lot of great areas. And I would say a very defensive software company as well because they're so entrenched in their various markets. So this is the type of company that I would expect to perform better in a recession relative to their other software peers. Uh, but, but great financial performance across all their business segments over the past, past few years and, and in the most recent quarters, double digit mid-teen growth in revenue and, and, and earnings per share, which is what we like to see. And trading at what I believe to be a very reasonable valuation. So it's come up recently. We recommended it earlier this year at about 105. Um, it's, it's around 130 right now, so it's come up, but we still like it. It's trading at about, at about 27 times next year's expected earnings. Well, if you look at software companies in the US that have the type of fundamentals that Microsoft has, typically you're paying 40, 50 times or much higher. Um, so we, we, we see reasonable value with Microsoft, and we think it's, it's really a best in breed in that area. We had Microsoft as a uh, cover story in our Capital Ideas Digest several months ago. You can find that on, uh, at capitalideasmedia.com. I think it was trading around 120 at that point. That was based on some research, and stock uh, has sort of ebbed and flowed, but it's, uh, it's up since then. So that's another top pick from Aaron Dunn, Microsoft. And we have a question here from uh, Ray YouTube, and I'm just going to throw this at you. If you can't answer it, you mm-hmm. don't know the company, that's fine. But we also did a cover story on a company called Quisitive, which is a partner of Microsoft. Do you know that one at all? It's, uh, it's, not, not, it's a micro Not enough yeah. to really comment on it, no, unfortunately. But apparently they have a, a relationship with Microsoft and it's a favorite partner, so to speak. Anyway, thanks for the question there, uh, Ray YouTube. All right, moving along. Another top pick here, Parkland Fueled PKI on the TSX. Here's a seemingly nice, safe, steady business? Yeah, it's, 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 it's been a steady performer. So we recommended it in early 2018. And th- this is, this is what, when I was talking about Catalyst, this was really a Catalyst story. We had, we had followed the company for a few years before that. Um, good, stable business, but not really a lot of growth in free cash flow per share. But in late 2017, at the very end of 2017, they did two huge acquisitions um, that, were, that really promised to, to drive growth. And that was the Catalyst for us to recommend the stock early next year. So we did that. Um, they absolutely delivered on those acquisitions. Free cash flow, just at free cash flow per share, doubled in 2018 to about 430 uh, per share. Um, they just recently put out their first quarter. It was a record quarter for the company. Um, free cash flow per share up about 11%. Um, it's just, it's, 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 they, do, they do fuel distribution, petroleum product distribution and refining, but they're in a lot of different places from gas stations to uh, refineries. They own the Burnaby refinery in, in British Columbia. Uh, they've also expanded into the US. They've expanded into the Caribbean. So they have a very wide scale platform from which they can build on. And we're expecting to see more acquisitions in the future. But this once again is a story, you know, we've seen them 
execute several acquisitions, they've done it successfully, they've hit or exceeded their targets. So that gives us confidence in the management team that they're going to be able to do that again in the future. And Aaron, you said you recommended that in early 2018. So the stock was trading at what? $26 and change. 26. So now it's at, uh, where are we now? You know, the 40s. About 40. About 40, yeah. And of course, it pays a dividend as well. So right now, the the yield is about 3%. Um, It will grow likely it will grow every year. Not, not, at, not at a large rate. I think low double digits, digits is what they increased it at um, at the beginning of this year, but just a very solid story. All right. Nicely done. So another top pick there from Aaron Dunn, Parkland Fuel. He also had Microsoft in this segment as a top pick and talked about Zynex Medical as well. Now, uh, Aaron's going to sit tight. Uh, he'll take some more of your questions in just a moment. Another top pick to come. We want to remind you that uh, Capital Ideas produces a free daily morning note that you can receive to your inbox to get you ready for your investing day. Go to CapitalIdeasMedia.com to sign up for free. The morning note contains analyst initiations, upgrades, downgrades, stocks on the move, and news as well. Now, we also produce the weekly Capital Ideas Digest, which I was just talking about. That's where we curate investment ideas based on the research that we pay for to arm you with the information you need to amplify your returns. We're offering a free 30-day trial to the Capital Ideas Digest. You'll get free access to four new issues plus access to our archive of digest. See what you're missing by going to capitalideasmedia.com backslash 30-day trial. Now, another one of Bruce Campbell's top picks last week was N-Wave Technologies. We had a question about N-Wave. This is not a, a company that uh, Aaron uh, recommends or follows necessarily, but Bruce does. And here are his thoughts on that company. Uh, why is this on your list, Bruce? So this is one of those companies that's uh, it's a 10-year overnight success. So they've been uh, they've been operating and you know just continually grinding it out in their business, and now they're really at the inflection point for for what they're doing. And they have a drawing technology that uh, really allows you to do a lot of different things. So their their sort of primary market that they've been in before is really in dehydrated. And we are back. Apologies for uh, some technical difficulties there. We're back with Aaron Dunn, Senior Analyst at Keystone Financial. He's got one more top pick for you and taking questions as well. Now, remember, if you're enjoying this show, hit the subscribe button and make sure you have the notification bell turned on so you'll never miss our new video uploads or live broadcasts uh, where we give you access to some of the most savvy minds in investing, such as uh, young Mr. Dunn here uh, doing a a great job for us uh, today. Just looking at uh, some questions here from uh, Ray YouTube. What about the AKTS? Do you know that one? It's a 5G type company. I'm I'm guessing it's on the NASDAQ. no, actually, right now we're we're in the process of doing a, a, a 5G report um, on, for a U.S. growth okay. stock service. So that, that might be a company that we come across right now. But it's uh, it's uh, I I don't want to provide any comments unless I can provide be absolutely sure what I'm talking about. So absolutely, no, that's that's that completely right fair. Uh, well, I have you here. Speaking of reports, you, you did I believe you did most of the work on your uh, 100 page cannabis report. Yes. Then yep. am I right in saying that that right now, when you look at the landscape, you look at all these companies, big and small, you don't find many that you would recommend? Well, based on Keystone's research criteria, there's none that we would recommend at this point. Not a single now, one. Not, not, none of the Canadian producers are, are even close to being profitable. Now, I, I do expect this to change in the future, but it's, it's, we don't, we're not going to bet on what's going to happen in two or three years. We want to see profitability today. Now, there are some U.S. cannabis companies that are listed in Canada um, that, that are transitioning into profitability or, or have 
generated positive free cash flow. Typically valuation is an issue there, but that is something that we're looking closer at. One of the things that, that we did discover um, when we were doing our research just on the market in general is that the Canadian domestic market has the potential to be massively oversupplied over the next couple of years. So people are talking about a lot about a supply shortage in the near term, but the estimates are generally that the domestic consumption in Canada is about 800,000 to a million kilograms of cannabis per year over the next few years. And the top 10 producers alone uh, have, are, are planning to ramp up their production to over 2.2 million kilograms of cannabis. That's just the top 10. That doesn't include any of the other um, 168 or so listed companies in Canada. So we're definitely, we, we see some risk in terms of there's going to be a, a small number of cannabis companies over the next several years that are going to be successful. Typically, we think that it's going to be the larger ones um, that, are, that are best positioned to compete, the, the Canopy Gross, the Auroras. Um, they've proven that they can produce cannabis at a mass scale, um, high-quality cannabis at a mass scale and a low price point. And they're also the best positioned to, to access the global market as that can, can, continues to grow. And if you listen to the interviews from, from Canopy and Aurora or some of the other big companies, I mean, they're, they're quite forthcoming about the limited market that exists in Canada and that the global market is really the true opportunity for them. But there's, there's still a lot of uncertainty in that space, so it's not something that we're specifically attaching a buy recommendation to. If you want access to the, to the cannabis market, um, then, then you know, companies like Canopy and Aurora are, are likely the, the, the best way to do that. Now, you're looking for profitability, cash flow first, but in terms of a, a business model, uh, do any in terms of the American ones? Do you look at say an acreage or a Harvest Health or Cresco? Do some of those names appeal? Yeah, to you? so the, a couple that we're looking at are, are True Leave, um, Charlotte's Web, uh, MedMen. So True Leave, just for example, they they generated about seven point eight million in in cash flow in their most recent quarter. They're the first and largest uh, producer and retailer of medicinal marijuana in the state of Florida. Um, MedMen, um, they're a retailer of of marijuana. So the, these are the companies that, that we're looking at um, right now in the U.S. space. They're just, not quite, um, they're just not quite hitting our criteria, but things always change very, very quickly, and cannabis is absolutely a legitimate market. So we're, we're watching and, and, and we're looking for those opportunities. We just, it's very important for us um, not, it's very important for us to stay consistent with our investment strategy. We really think that that is where um, some analysts, and particularly investors, kind of go off course is when they... they they forget about you know, what they're trying to do, they forget about adhering to their investment strategy and they just they kind of buy into hype and they, they, they get excited about something and, and invest off of that excitement. So what has made Keystone successful over the years is a focus on profitability and growth and that's what we're gonna continue to do. Just very quickly here, has Planet 13 hit your radar? It's hit my radar, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's just not there yet. Okay, yeah. we visited their uh, facility in, uh, well, a couple of months ago and it was uh, quite interesting, the big retail facility in, uh, in Las Vegas. And they're a client of ours, by the way. Uh, they compensated us for that interview and for an ad that we produced for them. But they are interesting. They're, they're growing their sales and uh, be curious to see what you think of them down the road. Okay, let's get back to your... Actually, you know, before we get to your last top pick, let's... Uh, uh, we have a viewer question here from... Uh, I forget from who, to be honest, but it's, <laughs> it's on Expel, D-I-P.U-N. I know this was one that Ryan talked about, big winner for you in 18, I guess it was, 2018. Yes, yep. It's sort of con it's consolidating now, mm -hmm. but it's been tremendous. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's still a great company looking out long-term. What they do is they do protective films for high-end cars, really boring business. Nobody really 
paid attention to it when we recommended it originally. But once again, it was generating good solid profit and cash flow. So financial performance is really what drove the, the, the share price over the last year. It has pulled back and that just comes to, down to some challenges that they faced in, in China. Uh, it, kind of an interesting story is they came up with a new protective coating um, that was actually thinner than their old protective coating. Um, it was actually better um, and they, they started selling that into China. But one of their competitors uh, started a, a campaign against that saying that the thinner coating meant that it was an inferior product and they're trying to offload inferior product into the Chinese market. So that, is, that has impacted their sales. But what they've done is they're, they're bringing back the thicker material to China. Um, and we believe that's going to be successful long term. The next couple of quarters are going to be a little bit uh, flat to slightly lower. Um, but we, we still think that it's a good solid company long term. Expel Technologies, and we're looking at a, a triple there on that stock, uh, even more than that. And uh, as Aaron mentioned, uh, it's had a few issues and it's uh, consolidating, but he still likes it. All right, to uh, your final top pick here, and this was a top pick actually of Bruce Campbell last week, uh, Viamed Healthcare, a VMD on the TSX. I noticed they had earnings numbers come out the other day, record revenue, record earnings. It's a going concern. They they're seem to be doing well. Yeah, they're, they're, they're doing great. So this is actually a company that I selected uh, in replacement for Zynax, and they've actually come up a little bit since their, their quarter was released as well. Um, but essentially what this is, this is a, this is a home healthcare company um, in the United States. They, they operate exclusively in the U.S. Um, what they do is they, they help patients with, um, with a respiratory disease um, primarily, and this is, this is a big market. And it's a growing market. It really kind of it really feeds into the um, the aging demographics and, and and that story. So it's been a very successful business. About forty percent compound revenue growth over the last five years. Uh, they just uh, they they generated about forty percent revenue growth in their last quarter. They're estimating ten percent growth quarter over quarter. So forty five percent year over year. So that trend just keeps continuing going forward. And this is just once again highly profitable business as well. About eighteen cents. Per share in net cash. Um, profit did not grow in the first quarter and the reason for that is they invested more heavily into expanding their sales force but it's, it's been an it's been a earnings per share grower as well and we, we expect that's going to continue um, over the next uh, perhaps not next quarter but over the next few years here. So this is, this is just another great example of a, of a company that, that is benefiting from a, uh, an attractive trend which is the, the aging demographics um, and the, the healthcare costs that that creates really home healthcare services. And we recommended a company a couple of years ago called Almost Family in the US that got acquired. And we really love the home healthcare business in the United States because it's a way to save money. It's a way to reduce healthcare costs. And as more people age and the US healthcare budget becomes more stressed, they're gonna have to investigate in investigate ways to, to reduce those costs. So this is one way to do it. And um, yeah, we like VMA going forward. Okay, Viamed Healthcare is uh, the last top pick today, but not least, from uh, Aaron Dunn, VMD on the TSX. The other top picks from Aaron Dunn today, uh, we had Parkland Fuel, PKI on the TSX. You had Microsoft, uh, you know that's on the NASDAQ, MSFT, Zynex Medical, uh, ZYXI, but uh, Aaron cautions that you probably don't want to buy it right around now, maybe wait for a 10 to 15% pullback because it's had quite a run. Another top pick, continues to be a top pick, has been for more than 10 years probably over at Keystone Boyd Group Income Fund, BYD.UN on the TSX. And lastly, Brookfield Infrastructure and uh, the ticker there is BIP.UN. This was fun. Great stuff. I had a great time. Excellent. There's Absolutely great so time. So much uh, you're not tired of talking after the no, seminar? No, I could go on for another yeah. couple of hours. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was, that was excellent. Fantastic information and, and great to finally meet you and we'll do it again. Fantastic. Looking forward to it. Okay, thanks, Aaron. And now as we wrap things up, a reminder of the special offer from Keystone Financial. Don't go away yet. This is worth listening to. Go to keystocks.com, register, and you'll receive special discounts on their services. Plus, you get completely free their 2019 Canadian Dividend Growth Stock Report, which has a value of $599. Basically, what Aaron and Ryan uh, Irvine do is analyze 450 dividend payers on the TSX. They narrow those down to the top 30, so you'll get those in this report. And then they drill down and provide you with the best three to six dividend stocks to buy right now. As far as Capital Ideas, we've got a 30-day trial going. This gives you immediate access to our premium weekly digest. These are the research-based, actionable investment ideas that are reserved for our paying subscribers. You'll get access to four issues in our entire archive as well. Find out what you might be missing. Just go to capitalideasmedia.com backslash 30-day trial. Thanks for watching and taking part. If you missed any part of the show, you can watch it on our website or on our Capital Ideas TV uh, YouTube channel, which you're doing right now. A reminder to subscribe to our channel, like this live stream, share it as well. That would be a big help. We've also got a podcast version of the show coming next week. If there's anyone uh, you'd like to see on the show, let us know in the comments section after the stream has ended, and we'll see if we can get them on the program. That is it. I'm Mark Bunting. Thanks again for watching. Uh, this is Capital Ideas TV, and we'll see you next time. Take care.